Record Seven of We by Yevgeny Zemyatin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. An eyelash, Taylor, Henbane, and Lily of the Valley. Night, green, orange, blue, the red royal instrument, the yellow dress, then a brass Buddha. Suddenly it lifted the brass eyelids and sap began to flow from it, from Buddha. Sap also from the yellow dress. Even in the mirror, drops of sap, and from the large bed, and from the children's bed, and soon from myself. It is horror, mortally sweet horror. I woke up, soft blue light, the glass of the walls, of the chairs, of the table was glimmering. This calmed me. My heart stopped palpitating. Sap? Buddha? How absurd. I am sick, it is clear. I never saw dreams before. They say that to see dreams was a common, normal thing with the ancients. Yes, after all, their life was a whirling carousel. Green, orange, Buddha, sap. But we people of today, we know all too well that dreaming is a serious mental disease. I, is it possible that my brain, this precise, clean, glittering mechanism, like a chronometer without a speck of dust on it, is... Yes, it is, now. I really feel there in the brain some foreign body like an eyelash in the eye. One does not feel one's whole body, but this eye with a hair in it. One cannot forget it for a second. The cheerful, crystalline sound of the bell at my head. Seven o'clock. Time to get up. To the right and to the left, as in mirrors. To the right and to the left, through the glass wall, I see others like myself. Other rooms like my own other clothes like my own, movements like mine, duplicated thousands of times. This invigorates me. I see myself as part of an enormous, vigorous, united body, and what precise beauty. Not a single superfluous gesture or bow or turn. Yes, this tailor was undoubtedly the greatest genius of the ancients. True, he did not come to the idea of applying his method to the whole life, to every step throughout the 24 hours of the day. He was unable to integrate his system from one o'clock to twenty-four. I cannot understand the ancients. How could they write whole libraries about some Kant and take notice only slightly of Taylor, of this prophet who saw ten centuries ahead? Breakfast was over. The hymn of the United States had been harmoniously sung. Rhythmically, four abreast, we walked to the elevators. The motors buzzed faintly, and swiftly we went down, down, down the heart sinking slightly. Again, that stupid dream, or some unknown function of that dream. Oh, yes, yesterday in the arrow. Then down, down. Well, it is all over anyhow, period. It is very fortunate that I was so firm and brusque with her. The car of the Underground Railway carried me swiftly to the place where the motionless, beautiful body of the integral, not that spiritualized by fire, was glittering in the docks in the sunshine. With closed eyes, I dreamed in formula. Again, I calculated in my mind what was the initial velocity required to tear away the integral from the earth. Every second, the mass of the integral would change because of the expenditure of the explosive fuel. The equation was very complex with transcendent figures. As in a dream, I felt right here in the firm, calculated world how someone sat down at my side, barely touching me, and said, Pardon? I opened my eyes. At first, apparently because of an association with the integral, 
I saw something impetuously flying into the distance. Ahead, I saw pink wing ears sticking out of the sides of it, then the curve of the overhanging back of the head, the double-curved letter S. Through the glass walls of my algebraic world, again I felt the eyelash in my eye. I felt something disagreeable. I felt that today I must... Certainly, please, I smiled at my neighbor and bowed. Number S4711, I saw glittering on his golden badge. That is why I associated him with the letter S from the very first moment, an optical impression which remained unregistered by consciousness. His eyes sparkled, two sharp little drills. They were revolving swiftly, drilling in deeper and deeper. It seemed that in a moment they would drill into the bottom and would see something that I do not even dare to confess to myself. That bothersome eyelash became wholly clear to me. S was one of them, one of the guardians, and it would be the simplest thing immediately, without deferring to tell him everything. I went yesterday to the ancient house. My voice was strange, husky, flat. I tried to cough. That is good. It must have given you material for some instructive deductions. Yes, but you see, I was not alone. I was in the company of I-330, and then... I-330? You are fortunate. She is a very interesting, gifted woman. She has a lot of admirers. But he, too. Then during the promenade, perhaps he's even assigned as her he number. No, it is impossible to tell him. Unthinkable. This was perfectly clear. Yes, yes, certainly very. I smiled broader and broader, more stupidly and felt as if my smile made me look foolish, naked. The drills reached the bottom, revolving continually. They screwed themselves back into his eyes. S smiled, double-curvedly, nodded, and slid to the exit. I covered my face with the newspaper. I felt as if everybody were looking at me. And soon I forgot about the eyelash, about the little drills, about everything. I was so upset by what I read in the paper. According to authentic information, traces of an organization which still remains out of reach have again been discovered. This organization aims at liberation from the beneficial yoke of the state. Liberation? It is remarkable how persistent human criminal instincts are. I use deliberately the word criminal, for freedom and crime are as closely related as, well, as the movement of an arrow and its speed. If the speed of an arrow equals zero, the arrow is motionless. If human liberty is equal to zero, man does not commit any crime. That is clear. The way to rid man of criminality is to rid him of freedom. No sooner did we rid ourselves of freedom, in the cosmic sense, centuries are only a no sooner, than suddenly some unknown pitiful degenerates. No, I cannot understand why I did not go immediately yesterday to the Bureau of the Guardians. Today, after 16 o'clock, I shall go there without fail. At 1610, I was in the street. At once, I noticed O90 at the corner. She was all rosy with delight at the encounter. She has a simple, round mind. A timely meeting, she would understand and lend me support, or... No, I did not need any support. My decision was firm. The pipes of the musical tower thundered out harmoniously the march. The same daily march. How wonderful the charm of this dailiness, of this constant repetition and mirror-like smoothness. Out for a walk, her round blue eyes opened toward me widely, blue windows leading inside. I penetrate there unhindered. There is nothing in there. I mean, nothing foreign, nothing superfluous. No, not for a walk. I must go. I told her where. 
and to my astonishment i saw her rosy round mouth form a crescent with the horns downward as if she tasted something sour this angered me you she numbers seem to be incurably eaten up by prejudices you are absolutely unable to think abstractly forgive me the word but this i call bluntness of mind you to the spies how ugly and i went to the botanical garden and brought you a branch of lily of the valley why and i why this and just like a woman angrily this i must confess i snatched the flowers here they are your lilies of the valley well smell them good yes why not use a little bit of logic the lilies of the valley smell good all right but you cannot say about an odor about the conception of an odor that it is good or bad can you you can't can you there's the smell of lilies of the valley and there's the disagreeable smell of henbane both are odors the ancient states had their spies we have ours yes spies i am not afraid of words but is it not clear to you that there the spies were henbane here they are lilies of the valley yes lilies of the valley yes the rosy crescent quivered now i understand that it is only my impression but at that moment i was certain she was going to laugh i shouted still louder yes lilies of the valley and there is nothing funny about it nothing funny the smooth round globes of heads passing by were turning towards us o nine zero gently took my hand you are so strange to-day are you ill my dream yellow color buddha it was at once borne clearly upon me that i must go to the medical bureau yes you are right i am sick i said with joy that seems to me an inexplicable contradiction there was nothing to be joyful about you must go at once to the doctor you understand that you are obliged to be healthy it seems strange to have to prove it to you my dear o of course you are right absolutely right i did not go to the bureau of the guardians i could not i had to go to the medical bureau in the evening o came to see me the curtains were not lowered we busied ourselves with the arithmetical problems of an ancient textbook this occupation always calms and purifies our thoughts o sat over her notebook her head slightly inclined to the left she was so assiduous that she poked out her left cheek with the tongue from within she looked so childlike so charming i felt everything in me was pleasant precise and simple she left i remained alone i breathed deeply two times it is very good exercise before retiring for the night suddenly an unexpected odor reminiscent of something very disagreeable i soon found out what was the matter a branch of lily of the valley was hidden in my bed immediately everything was aroused again came up from the bottom decidedly it was tactless on her part surreptitiously to put these lilies of the valley there well true i did not go i didn't but was it my fault that i felt indisposed end of record seven